This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding a motorcycle with your crew on the open road. It's a primal, wild freedom. A feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, sound effects guy. Hmm, no. You know, we really lost a stride at the end there. Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive, America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that's ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. Hi, welcome back to another edition of That Millwall Podcast. This is episode 55. The reason we say what episode number it is is that it makes my co-host Omar very, very happy. And uh, it's always good to keep your partner in crime happy. Um, so without further ado, we will bring him in. It is the one and only Omar. How you doing, fella? Not so bad, Mickey, mate. I'm very good. Uh, at least we didn't lose on the weekend, so all's well and all's well. Looking forward to uh, just about. No, I was. I didn't go too crazy on Saturday night, but yeah, I mean, I survived Luton. It's a shit hole of a place, shit hole of an area. Everyone knows this already, but survived it. And cool for, for the first time I've been there because I, I couldn't get there before when we've had them on a Tuesday and stuff. But bloody hell, what a shit hole! What a dive! <laughs> no, definitely, definitely. We'll come back to that in a minute. So, um. Without further ado, we'll invite our guest on for this week's episode. Uh, Kai might be coming back on in a minute. He was here and uh, his, something's come up and he's had to run off and sort, but he might be back. But for now, um, our guest, what was due for this evening, he's not a, hand, he's not a, a stand-in or anything, but it is the one and only uh, Dan Marsh. How you doing, fella? You all right? Yeah, all good cheers, mate. Thanks. Yeah, you'll have to make do with me, I'm afraid, with uh, with Kai. Well, you, 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 it was going to be four of us tonight, but yeah, I, I don't know what's happened with Kai. He, he was here and then he's just dropped out or, or gone. I don't know. He'll be back in a minute, hopefully. So, uh, yeah, it, it, we might throw some of you in here, come on in a minute. But yeah, 
So we're going to talk about our um, draw, our league giving away, our um, whichever way you want to look at it. It was a draw. Um, and I suppose realistically a draw was what we needed. But we will be back in part one where we'll be talking everything to do with that shithole they call Luton after this. Welcome back. Omar has survived the trip to the biggest shithole in the planet called Luton. Um, I've always wondered really about people who live there, wondering or not they get compensation for having a, a football pitch in your back garden. Because um, it is a bit of a strange one, isn't it? I know they are looking at moving shortly as well in there, I think, but it's always a bit of a strange one. Isn't it? There was various pictures posted over social media over the weekend of um, where you walk over the little gantry into the, into the estate and you've got people's back gardens either side of you. Um, it's definitely a strange one there, isn't it? How yeah, did you find I mean, it then? Bizarre as anything, to be honest, mate. You you pull into Luton Station, you've got a little bit of a kind of town centre in front of you. You come out of the station, you're like, okay, looks all right. And then you quickly realise, once you leave that little segment of town, it's just, I, I can't describe it. It is a shithole. It, it really is. It's very residential, but it is like the scene of it, it's like West Ham on steroids, the old Upton Park. Like it is crazy different and different civilization, I have to say. Um, go on, bring Kai in, seeing as you just come back in anyway. But you know, yeah, Luton is an interesting place. I, I have to say that for sure. Um, yeah, you walk in, obviously, you've got the turnstiles right into the away end in between people's houses. Um, good to see a couple of people change their doors since last time we were all there because I heard a bit of the aggro they got in the past times there. But yeah, obviously, made my way into there and witnessed the 2 2 draw. I think. It's disappointing because obviously we went ahead twice in the game and I was quite apprehensive going into it. I was quite quietly hoping that we'd turn up and a lot of the kind of talk pre-game was is are the players going to be up for it or is the tactics going to be right going into it? But fair play to the manager. He went with a Fabian Bradshaw up top, tried to give him a game and I thought for the first half, we might have just edged it. Um, second half, obviously, you know, Luton trying to get back into the game, put us under a bit of pressure their first goal just for stroke half time was a touch of class, you know, nice, neat one touch finishing and obviously bagged it away. Quite nicely for Eddie Bayo, who we obviously spoke about the last show, has kind of been a half up top. Um, but it's just refreshing to see, I suppose, Brash and the Phobie rekindling their goal scoring form. And yeah, I mean, like I said, it was unfortunate not to kind of see it out at the end. Cooper getting his second own goal of the season. Um, and yeah, it's disappointing really. But at least we didn't lose it. I think we're still four points off the playoffs. We've got to be looking up at this point of the stage of the season. And just kind of give it a go between now and the last seven games of the season, I suppose, mate. No, I totally agree with you. Um, welcome back, Kai. You OK? No, I feel like an absolute mug now because it's the Yahoo's down, not my just just my email. So we didn't like tell anyone mug. why you weren't here. We just said you were here and then you disappeared. Now you've just mugged yourself off by <laughs> telling everyone live um, that you disappeared because of this. So, yeah, well, um, let's forget all of that and, and we'll go back and go... And our, and our fourth guest tonight is the one and only Kai Bennett, journalist, football guru extraordinaire, but can't manage his own email account. How are you doing, Kai? I'm good, thank you, Matt. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. How did you um, how did you deal with the shithole? What was Luton then? Oh, it's a weird place, that. Strange place. Very strange So place. strange. So, I, can't, I don't know, I tried to sum it up, Kai, before when you was gone there, but it's just so weird, isn't it? I said it's like... Um, the old uh, East Street kind of, of a, oh, is it Green Street? Sorry, where West Ham used to be in Upton Park. Like, it's just it's a weird setup, isn't it? And just like the area surrounding it, it's just so bizarre, mate. 
Yeah, we took half an hour when we got there trying to find the toilets because they're tucked <laughs> away in this little bit. Alex was Alex telling me, oh, it's this way, it's this way. I'm like, no, it's not. He, he's been there twice before as well, which was the best bit. So he, he forgotten where the toilets were. And then we finally get up there and they've put us basically next to like all these other, well, obviously just like, as always, but there's no seat in between you. So it was like really snug. So we said, we're not sitting there. We're going to go and sit in the director's bit. So we went and sat in the overflow director's bit, then got told that we were in the wrong seats and directors want to sit there. In the end, they let us sit there. It's an absolute nightmare. Typical Millwall, mate. We sit where we want to sit. But yeah, so yeah, bunch, of, bunch of pre Madonnas, by the way. Look at that. Yeah. Not grateful of what you get given for your free tickets to the press box. But you know, it is, hey, it? It's, it is what it is. Well, we have, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, maybe, maybe Kai should run his own thread with this. But Kai does a bit of a moose, um, what the moose does, um, and, and, and shares with us his, um, his food from the press box. I must say, <laughs> yesterday's Kai was very impressed with the burger and chips he got at Wembley yesterday when he was watching Sun. But what was the food like for you at Luton then, Kai? Sausage rolls. Shocking. I know. I ate most of them as well. No no free drinks? Uh, I had a Bovril. Oh. So, 2-2 two, two draw then, Kai. What's your taking on it? Um, gutted we didn't win. I think that's the ultimate, the, the overriding feeling. Um, because obviously when you leave twice and you, you get pegged back twice, it's really frustrating, especially in the second one. So you can kind of accept the first one because you know, got one up with what 20 minutes on the clock and you know, there's plenty of time left. But the second one with five or seven minutes to go, we should be seeing that out. Um, Gary kept saying it after, but it was frustration. But then again, I would have taken a point out uh, before the game, and it was a good game as well, it was entertaining. So I don't have that many complaints apart from maybe we would should have probably uh saw it, saw it out a bit better. The goal they did score in the with two minutes to go was. You know, got had a bit touch of fortune about it. Cooper had no idea uh, that came off his shoulder until it hit the back of the net. So, yeah, it was a bit, a bit lucky, but we, we we keep going. Let's come back to that. Let's hit on um, on. I mean, Dan, before we come back into this to examine the game in a bit more detail. I mean, your overall f- thoughts of the game. I think, I think we we didn't lose it, so it's carry on next one ahead. Yeah, I think you know. It, <laughs> It was a six-pointer, wasn't it? It, it, it wasn't a must-win game. It, sorry, it was a game we couldn't really afford to lose rather than a must-win game, I think. Um, at the same time, any game where you've got five, six minutes to see out and you're in the lead, I think there's got to be an air of disappointment there um, to get yourself into that position, you know, taking the lead not once but twice. But if you'd have offered, if you'd have offered me a draw beforehand... I wouldn't have said no. Um, I think the key thing, although I was gutted at the final whistle on Saturday, um, it is easy to forget not just our running. Our running is kind, but a lot of the teams around us have to play each other. So one way or another, teams around us will drop points, even though there are teams, you know, slightly ahead of us with games in hand, like Forest and stuff like that. Still all to play for, but, We've got to back it up this week in in the two games this week. Definitely, uh, yeah. Just no. by kind of Mickey. Sorry, I, I think the the before the game and when we done the roundtables last week, I feel like we all kind of concluded that we need to worry about. Hopefully, we will pick up a win or two on the road, but we've got a big week ahead of us now with two massive home games. Where you know we've got an outside chance of it. Looking back into it at the back uh, at back end of the international break, thinking eight games to go, it's not really in our hands. But if we can turn up and win a few. 
the crux of it is, is there's still four big home games. And if we get 12 points from them, I'm not saying we will, but then we'll be on 70 points. And you're looking at three games left away from home where if you get one win in them, you've done, you've got to 73 points, which a lot of people think could and should be enough to get into that top six contention. So the onus is on the team this week, I think. Two big home games coming up. See what you can do, I suppose. Swansea and Barnsley. See what we can offer ourselves and just try and grab the game by the scruff of the horns and try and win them. Yeah, I mean, we're playing now, aren't we? All the teams below us, apart from obviously the last game, which will be Bournemouth, what sits above us. So, you know, like Dan said a minute ago, it's definitely, we we are definitely in charge of our own destiny now. If we can beat the teams below us and the teams above are playing each other, fuck it up, then um, hey-ho, we're, we're going to it. But I think on the game, I think we played okay. Um, 25 minutes, obviously... Um, Brad scores, gets back onto the onto the uh, team sheet and fucking superb. Um, eight minutes later, they score. And then it sort of, it does seem to settle down a bit, doesn't it? We, we seem to look as if it was going to possibly be a draw for the rest of the game. I mean, your thoughts on, on, on the team performance, watching it live? Uh, I, I was quite content about it in the first half in particular. I thought... We loot on our side that I think, especially at home, get the games going quick and try to move the ball around and, you know, try and obviously stretch oppositions and stretch the teams around that they're playing. I thought we handled it really well at the early doors. And I think it wasn't necessarily like, um, I described it as hoping to be a humding of the game. There was four goals in the game. It was, it was, it was eventful, but I thought we was managing the expectations at least early doors. And then obviously Bradshaw takes that finish. And I mean, you, you name dropped in there, Mickey, but like, I think credit to the man. It's like he's come straight back into the team and just literally left off from where he started, basically from that little stretch before his injury. And I think there is credit where it's due there because it was a bit of a layoff, a bit of an injury as well. Obviously, I think it was his like knee ligaments and to kind of come back in and just kind of carry on where he left off. I think a lot has to be said about that. I feel like hundred percent, hundred percent. Also, it was his hundredth goal of his career as well, wasn't it, on Saturday? So that was a, a good thing for him. But I mean. The way he took the shot, it was outstretched and he just stuck it home. It was, it was a cracking shot for him. Um, I mean, I don't mind Dan or uh, or Kai, whichever one wants to come in. I mean, your views on his goal? Go on, Dan, you go first, mate. Yeah, it was a cracker. It wasn't, it's not the goal you typically associate him with. Like you said, he's kind of that fox in the box, you know, kind of comes alive in the penalty area in the, in the six-yard box. But you know, when he puts him away like that, maybe he should try it a, a bit more often. Um, I, I thought, to be fair, until Luton ruined it with their uh, scruffy equaliser, I thought all the goals were cracking goals. Like um, Omar said um, a minute ago, Luton's first goal was really, really good. Bradshaw's strike was a really good strike. And I thought our second goal was a really slick move and, and a really good finish, to be fair, from a phobie. Yeah, no, I think it was a really good finish by Fabi, but I think their goal was quite sloppy, to be fair. I think we gave him that goal. I think we just gave him too much space. When when we gave him enough space for him to turn on that ball, you well, knew... The first goal? Yeah. It was quick moving, to be fair to them. I think Rarit moaned, maybe Kai back up obviously because he saw the post-match, but I think Rarit moaned about a potential foul on Bradshaw, which I, I can't recall really seeing at the time. But 
I think what they've done well there, mate, is just when you give them a chance, and this is what we did, probably the only time in the game we really let them do it, to play around us and move the ball quick. Like I said, like they just made it look so easy. And the finish was top draw. Like, oh, no, I'm not saying... Stuff, I'm, not, yeah, I'm not saying the finish weren't, weren't good. It was. But I just think we gave him a little bit too much room. And a player of that capability, you don't really want to be giving him space to you. That's the, that's the, the, the truth of the matter. But I mean, yeah, Kai, I mean, your views on that. I mean, you, you interviewed them afterwards or you interviewed um, Gary afterwards. I mean, was there a, a call for a foul in the box? Yeah, definitely. I think watching it back, there was a clear, it was quite a clear foul. Um, refs missed it, which I'm, to be fair, the referee missed quite a lot on Saturday from both sides. He was quite, he let the game flow quite a lot, which was just fair. Um, but then there's there's moments like that and you're like, you know, if he gives that, we're still 1-0 up potentially at half time. And, you know, we, we could potentially double our lead in the second half. So it was a frustrating one, but obviously they had missed a good chance prior to that. I think he was, I think they blazed one straight into uh, the away and on the roof, didn't they? It was quite a good yeah. chance. Uh, so it felt That's like it was, the ball I was on about. Yeah, it was coming, definitely coming, that, that equaliser. But if we had prolonged it a bit more and frustrated, the, frustrated, their, frustrated their crowd, then potentially we might have carried on, you know, got maybe got a, got a win. But no, I think there was a foul. Gary thought it was a foul as well. Um, but then... You know, there's no point dwelling on the foul. We needed to, you know, probably mark our man better than we did. Do you, do you think the referees were that bad? Did the linesmen were that bad on Saturday? Or do you think that he done well to just let it carry forward? I think there's a bit of both, isn't there? I think if everyone, if the referee keeps blowing it up all the time, it, you know, the game, became, the game becomes sort of scrappy and a bit of a non-event. But if you let the game flow, you can see the quality, the physicality. Because at the end of the day, it was a physical game. Both sides are a physical team. So he needed to let it go you know somewhat of, of most of the time but then there, when there is a foul that you know maybe he should be given you know because obviously when he when Bradshaw gets fouled he gets fouled on the halfway line so the referee probably thinks wow it's fine let's, let's just let it carry on let's let it flow but then obviously he wouldn't predict that they'd score from that position they probably shouldn't have scored from there from where they won the ball but they did they did and you know it cost us the it cost us the lead to start with but I didn't really have too many complaints about the referee, just apart from maybe I could see why he let, it, he let it flow. I think he did a good job of that. But there were some moments where he could have pulled it up when maybe there was... I mean, the the, goal, the, the foul that led to their second goal was needless, wasn't it? Because he kicked it straight off for a goal kick. So that was needless, that foul. But yeah, I guess that's another point, isn't didn't it? Didn't our second goal come from the back of... He played us, he played advantage and then we scored um, from a... Wasn't it from a... There was a, a foul on us... And he played advantage, and then we suddenly took. Well, they, there was a foul on them. He played advantage, and then we got the ball off him, and then obviously got it through, and a phobie stuck it in the back of the net as well. So I think the game measured out to a degree. I don't think there was any standout, um, awful decisions as such. I think it was, you know, there was a fair amount of equaling out left, right, and centre. But you know, I mean, first half. Any anything that stands out to you first half, Omar? Before we move on to the second one. So far, I've got both goal scorers, so um, I'm not doing too bad, am I? And and I picked the the starting eleven as well, so I'm not doing too bad. What did you say the score was going to be, just so I can recall? Well, at, at first I said it was going to be one one, and then when you asked me for players, I said that um, if Bradshaw plays, he score, and then I yeah. said a phobia would score, and then I said Jake would score, and I said uh, Jed would score. So the only goal I missed was Jed, who didn't score, but I got the three other Millwall players to score. Are we going to let you take the own goal? I mean, it's not you predict the own goal, but I suppose... I told you, Jake, listen, I said Jake scores every game. Yeah. You took the piss and, and made a joke about 
you know, what do you mean? Is he going to score an own goal? In fact, I think if we listen back, I think it was, um, I think it was uh, Kai who said, what you're saying, he's going to score an own goal. And I went, well, hopefully not. But he he did actually (laughs) score an own goal. So, um, hey-ho. That's, what's that, two, three this season now? I think yeah, that's two, I think. Five in nine games as well, if you can. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, no, I don't really have much else to add to the first half, but um, I will try and stick to the second half if you let me, because you mentioned, obviously, Bradshaw gets his 100th goal in his career. Yeah. It was also Phoebe's 100th goal in his career, which is a weird quirk for both of us forwards to get to 100 the uh, century club in the same game, I thought, which was quite interesting. But I'll let you ask about the second half if you want, mate. Uh, no, yeah, you know, let's move on to the second game. And um, and uh, an interesting fact for you, Phoebe scored his 100th goal as well. Did and, he? Uh, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, he just wonder, um, I wonder how many times that's been done before. So anyone listening who's, uh, who's a stat man or these guys are going to be, Kai, I can already see Kai looking at Google already. Um, <laughs> he won't be using Yahoo because he's down, so he'll be Googling this already. Uh, but I wonder how many other players um, or matches that's done. You can see both of them now. If you're watching this on YouTube, no, or recast, what you I can see Kai to... and Omar both on it. I've just typed like I, re- I already checked it, but um, what I was going to say was, um, who do you think got there first out of the two of them, like out of the statistics wise? I reckon it's Bradshaw. Think... I think it's a, a phobie just. Bradshaw done it in 389 games. And Kai, you're saying it's not his 100th goal, but if I was to um, refer you to his Instagram account, Benicophobie. Oh, no, I know you said that, but I, not, I don't think... Bradshaw's was his 100th league goal, but I don't think it was a Oh, I've just, I've just uh, seen it. I see what you're saying. Right. Oh, you okay. Because okay. we, we were speaking about it after the game, because when they said to us it was a 100th goal, I think Rich did an article in the week that said 98, and then yeah, he was two to go or something, and then he wanted two before the end of the season. But they said it's 100th in all competitions, whereas Bradshaw's 100th in the in the, in the leagues. Oh, well, I've just seen now that we have a group chat, what we do while we do this show, that we can communicate. And I've just seen that Kai's the one who said it was his 100th when actually it wasn't his 100th. So I do have to set it correct that it's possibly 100 across all career goals rather than 100 <laughs> across um, the league goals uh, like Brad has scored uh, at the 100. So... Uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for that, football guru. You're fucking <laughs> bollocks. Bill Stato. Yeah, 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 that's it. And also Omar for leading me down a path pretending it was his fucking fact because I didn't see that. So, um, so yeah. I, I'm referring to Benicophobie's um, Instagram when he said the pair of them got to 100 goals. So, there you go. That's what I was looking at. Well. Yeah. We're going there. So, second half. Dan, what's your standout views of, uh, of the second half? It's difficult, really, because... <laughs> You Don't know, say it's like a game of two halves. <laughs> well, it is a game of two halves. <laughs> yeah. It's difficult to take anything away. I think for me, when we go ahead not once but twice in the same game, such a big game, you know, it's so difficult to take anything away other than the fact that we've not seen it out. Especially as I think recently we've been getting back to our best defensively. You know, that was such a poor goal to give away from a set piece. It's, it's disappointing and no one will be more disappointed than the players, to be fair, because Luton's a tough place to go, especially at the minute. They're absolutely rolling, they're flying. Um, and it just undid, you know, there's a lot of grit in that second half. And one moment, not mad, one sloppy moment has, has kind of undone it, really, which, which is a shame. But, you know, I think overall, if you're looking at the game overall, um, I think it's hard to have many complaints with with the performance. 
Bingo. Bingo. <laughs> He's been on you. <laughs> For God's sake, Mickey. <laughs> I also, I could have edited all that out, apart from now I'm not going to do that. You still can. Um, you still write can if yeah. you want to. <laughs> yeah, Half a money you comes will say something in a minute. So yeah, when we get to the end. So yeah. Um I I also think that it was a it was a good away game, wasn't it, on uh, on Saturday. Um it looked buzzing, the crowd looked buzzing, a lot of social media activity, people, you know, all happy, allegedly, loads and loads of people with bruises and and jumping around and probably COVID and everything else from from the stand. So um no idea what COVID yeah. is. That's not important. But I, I was going to say, I can testify to good limbs. Yeah. Until he tests oh. positive, then he'll be like, I, I, can actually, I can testify for the bruises and the cuts on my knees for the second goal. I fell forward two rows. And I'll tell you what, that was probably the limbs of the season. And, and that was the disappointing thing. like Because it was a great goal. And, you know, I, big, I said it a lot in the pre, pre-game and the, during the international break. To have options from the bench, the manager referred to it a lot brings on Burke and he stretches the team. You know, he gets played through. I think it was Jed that gets it down, maybe, I'm going to say. Um, threads it through to him and he's obviously down the left-hand side, cuts it back on his weaker foot on a plum for a phobie who makes the finish look so easy. And um, I think we've seen it in the past with previous falls we've had, like... Maybe a phobie's guilty of it himself at times, but for that, if it is his 100th goal, we're not going to show which one it is at this point. It was a finish. It was a real good finish. And then, yeah, the scenes that followed were unbelievable. I think my dog agrees too. (laughs) (laughs) I I think when he came on, that was just, it was funny because if you watch social media and and everything else, um, which obviously, you know, I I like seeing some of the comments through the game and whatnot. And everyone was slagging a phobia off left, right, centre. You know, oh, he's dog shit. What the fuck has he done? Blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, he just pulls it out, fucking pulls it out of the bag. You know, realistically, he was there right time. Um, you know, that was a quick ball in, money on it, bang straight in the box, straight in the. You know, two two one up. That was it. It was all as far as I was led to believe. That was it. It was all over. Your views on that, Dan? Yeah, like I said, you know, especially since we've kind of looked back to ourselves in terms of defensively when that went in. I'll be honest, I thought that was it. Um, and it's a shame because, like you say, it's such a, it, like I said, it's such a difficult finish. Like when you watch that goal back, obviously it's a cracking uh, break, cracking ball from Burke. But to take that first time, get it where he did, you know, it, it deserved to win the match. And it's it's a shame that we've kind of shot ourselves in the foot, really, um, because we were guilty of doing that a lot earlier in the season, I think. Um, and it's something that we've stamped out recently and it's come back to haunt us at possibly one of the most crucial matches in the season. Which I, is a bit I, of a downer. I do agree with that. I think that, you know, we drop our heads to a degree and we like fucking lose concentration and we lose a lead and whatnot. But I think the more positive side of it is we've got three players back from injury mm. who are all on fucking form. Do you know what I mean? We have Bradders straight in score. You've got Burke straight in and looks proper keen. A phobie, you know, back on form now with his strike partner. It looks as if going into this end part of the season, potentially things could be, um, could fall in place. I do think it'll probably go down to the last game of the season um, because there seems to be a lot of goal, you know, a lot of gaming hands around and everything else. Um 
but hey ho, um, I think that will be in the lap of the gods. Um, in the you know, I think the reason we probably had shit refs is because the FA's fucking worried, worried like fuck that we're going to make the Premiership. Um, and we go from there. But yeah, Kai, final thoughts on on that second half, second half goal, thinking that we've won it. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep the facility running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you, Raymond in Buffalo, and Maria in Miami, Jules in Minneapolis, and Stan in Central Indiana, taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with experienced branch staff at over 250 locations, so you get the product you're looking for. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Well, absolutely. I thought we'd won it. Uh, the scenes that that followed was superb. I, I completely forgot after the game, I, someone, I can't remember who said to me, someone said, oh, did you film it? I said, no, I just, I was just focusing on seeing the celebrations. I didn't care. But I, I, I you said about how you have bruises. I, I didn't have bruises. I had, the, I had cramp, how squashed I was, but <laughs> I was okay. Just, I, I took me to the train station to stretch it out. It was ridiculous, but it's so tight in there. But no, it was a, it was a great, it was a great goal. A great finish. Bennett, you know, seven, eight, <laughs> he's just killing himself. Look, <laughs> Making me laugh. It's just it. Omar's talking about bruises and falling down two fucking aisles, and you're talking about having to stretch a cramp out on the way back to the station. I mean, why are we talking about the station? Fuck me. Did you enjoy your um your guided tour of of Luton on the way back? Because they do love a kettle at Luton. Do you know what? Like uh, we, we, yeah. Sorry, you press journos don't really get involved in that sort of stuff. So, but <laughs> no. What I will say is, on the train on the way up from the bridge, that I, I was not apprehensive, like because I don't really care. Escort side. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You don't, I don't mind being in them for like a little sing-song or whatever. Actually, you told me wrapped up in them and, gets, and takes you 45 minutes to do a 10-minute walk. On the way to the ground, I was thinking, we're going to get wrapped up outside the station and it's going to take us left, right, left, right away. Kind of Tottenham-esque escort, if, you know, if anyone wants to refer back to that one, for example. But then the police just let us free roam and I was like, cool, perfect. The old bill actually on point here. I even remember getting to the ground going, fair play to them. They just let us walk in. No you problems. Yeah, exactly. And you know, because I was adamant. On the... on. 
Yeah. I was adamant on the way up there, going to think to myself, like, they're going to wrap us up and then be held. It's two o'clock was getting there. So, like, you know, I'm adamant they're going to definitely wrap us up from the station. Train full of Mill fans from London Bridge. It was the opposite. And I was like, fair play. There's no aggro or anything either. Um, and then post game, yeah, of course. And they kept us up, like you say. And yeah, basically got the tour of Luton. And yeah, that's reaffirmed to me what a shit hell is. Which it was quite funny. A few times they tried to take us down one way, and naively, a lot of Mill fans went the other way. Um, so it's a bit of a game of cat and mouse a couple of times. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's part and parcel of following Mill when you go to places like Luton, I suppose. But just a scenic route of them, isn't it? What can I say? I've seen, I have seen Luton in ways that no one can imagine. And was it enjoyable? No. It's a shit off. <laughs> no, that's it. So we're going to draw that part to a close. This was the first part of the show where we discussed uh, the shit the hole that is formerly uh, or, or is actively known as Luton. Um, hopefully they'll go to the Prem if we don't, and then we don't have to fucking go there again. Um, or next season they just drop right down and then fuck off so we don't have to play them again anyway. But, yeah, old-fashioned team, old-fashioned ground. Um, I think those sort of clubs need to stay in the league, to be fair. They are good old-fashioned away grounds. Um, but again, those sort of games you'll always get killed at some point, either on the way there or on the way back. But hey-ho, it is what it is. We're going we're gonna to have a brief break here, and we will be back straight after this, where we'll be talking everything to do with Swansea. See you in a minute. Welcome back to part two. This is where we're going to talk everything about Swansea coming to town on Tuesday night. Uh, Swansea's had a run-in um, to this game. They've had a win, two losses, a win, a draw, and they had a nice big win of 4-0 against uh, Steve Morrison's team, Cardiff, uh, at the weekend. And they're coming into us, and we've obviously had a win, two draws, a win, and a lose. Um and a draw, obviously, against Luton. So it's going to be a fairly tight game, I'd say, um, before their win against Coventry, against Cardiff even. Let me fucking get the countries right, or the places right. Um, I would have said that, it, you know, I wouldn't have been that worried, but all of a sudden their form scoring four against, you know, a not-too-bad Cardiff side, I'd be a bit worried. So we'll start with you then, Dan. Your thoughts on Swansea... At Millwall tomorrow night or tonight? Yeah, like you say, um, it's difficult to know what to expect because Swansea are a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde team. Um, like you say, they bang four past Cardiff and I don't think they've been... I know they've been on the receiving end of a couple of spankings themselves, but they do seem to to have goals um, the majority of their games. So it'd be interesting to see because that hasn't always been the case for us this season. I feel like... That, again, is something that's changed recently. But I think with our home form, you know, especially after not losing at Luton, you know, it's still right there for the taking. So it should be a really, really good game. We should be bang up for it. I'd be surprised if there's much changed from the Luton game. I think, uh, like one of you mentioned earlier, having those options on the bench to come on and, and change the game, if he's not going to play in that 60, 70 minute mark. To be honest, I can't remember the last time I've been to a Mill game or looked at a Mill bench and I've seen two or three options that I think, right, yeah, on the hour, he could come on and win it. He could come on and win it. So 
I'd be tempted, well, I'd be tempted personally not to change it off the back of another good performance, and I don't think he will. Um, but I think aside from that sloppy goal uh, that we gave out Luton, I think, you know, we should be able to to hold them out and we've got options to, to go and win games. So, you know, the table doesn't lie. They're not in a brilliant position. I think it's there for us. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um, the bookies are giving odds of 23 to 20 for Millwall to win and 13-5 for Swansea to win. So, you know, bookies seem to be favouring um, us to win. Kai, your thoughts? Um, basically, well, nearly, you nearly, yeah, no, nearly, yeah, nearly, very close. Um, no, I was going to say that when a team beats another team like four 0 doesn't really worry me because you always think that they could get complacent, they could, you know, think that they're better than they are, and then they get brought back down to earth. Tends tends to be they get brought back down to earth with a with like a one 0 or a two 0 loss or something. So I think we'll I think we'll beat Swansea on on Tuesday night or tonight. And um, yeah, I think it's going to be. Dan said I'd go unchanged. Um, Ollie Burke and Ojo on the bench so bring them on um, and I reckon Bradshaw will score and I'll, I'll go to the predictions in a minute but I reckon Bradshaw is, is good good value for another goal Come on in Omar give us your thoughts on uh, on Swansea coming to town I echo exactly what the boys said there really I think um, thanks very much a, right we move oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a game that's there for us to take if I think the players are certainly up for it because I think Saturday, even though it's disappointing not to get over the get over the line in the end, I think it definitely shows that the players are, want to grab this opportunity by both hands and and try and just at least give it a good go to now the end of the season. And I think that's what's going to fall into our favour. I hope for the game. I mean Swansea. I mean I think they're a side that's just getting ready for next season, and they look like they're coming on a lot under Russell Martin. Obviously, he had MK Don singing a tune in League One last year. Um, and obviously got the job and a lot of people were quite surprised by it in the summer. I think he came in late, obviously, because Cooper left um, Swansea, didn't he, and quite late doors in the pre-season window. But I do think they're probably giving up more towards next season and their form has been quite patchy, like you said, but they do like they're edging towards the right way. So, I mean, it's a bit of a dead rubber for them and fingers crossed because mm-hmm. of that, we'll be more up for it and just kind of, you know, take the game to them and hopefully get over the line. And like, I think I'll give the guys maybe an unchanged 11 would surprise me. I think it's good to have the options though, especially when you've got Easter coming up and obviously have a game Friday, Monday, and it's starting to ramp up a bit. So could it even be a game for the likes of Shea Ojo to come in, just throw a little bit of curveball in there or something, because I think he'll be a sort of player that looks quite eager to come in and impress as well. So we'll have to wait and see. I think unchanged 11 would be the right decision, but wouldn't be surprised to see one or two to change to the 11. Jake's on, Jake's on nine, nine yeah. yellow cards. Um, is there still punishment for getting ten? Uh, I think the sad. amnesty went last. It went last week, I think. But um, oh, okay. I think Dan was going to say something as well. What would you say, Dan? Yeah, Dan. just to, just to touch on what you was going to say. Like, obviously, the players. Well, you know, the players will be up for every game. But I wonder. I know we've gone close pretty much every season since Gary's come in. But what I'd stress is, and this is a wee thing to stress because we don't tend to do well against the Barnsleys at home. Um, but if I'm a player in that dressing room and I'm looking at our running and I'm looking at some of the other teams running run run-ins, other than Bournemouth on the last game, you know, you can ask for a better running. I'm not saying it's now or never, you know, but you know, not to say we won't be up there challenging again next year if we don't make it this year. But I think if you were to ask for an opportunity and a running on paper for the last eight, seven games at the start of the season, I don't think you could put one together better yourself. So 
hopefully that element will be there as well because what I would say is if we don't win against Swansea, then other people will pick up points. And I know people will take points off each other, but I think realistically we need six points after not beating Luton. You know, seven points out of nine, I think it's still a good return. And I think that point at Luton is a good one, but only if we back it up against Swansea. And then, in my opinion, the real test is backing it up against Barnsley. Because I remember last year, I think we had um, I think we had Barnsley at home for a, a nine-point week and we just couldn't couldn't get the job done from what I remember. I think I was I think we I think we went one nil down and then we came back to one and one. They just couldn't find the second goal in the second half. But you know, it's a massive, massive opportunity and, and I don't think that'll be lost on on the players at the minute, Gannon. Was that Barnsley game after the Preston yeah. win up there? Oh, yeah, and then we had and because we had the COVID with the management, didn't we? And then we had the Preston game up the, up there, and obviously we was like buoyant after that. And then I think we had them back down the den. Barnes, yeah, that was Huddersfield. We had back down the den after that. We lost uh, three. Was this? Oh, I yeah. think so it when was, was the after Bar- the Wickham game. So I think yeah, I, I think I did a uh, vote because that's a game where Bar had that nightmare. Um, September, I think it was. That was it, and then we won quite comfortably in the end. And then I remember everyone was getting quite excited, and you know. So you always get sucked in, didn't you? Like I was sitting there as well. I was probably yeah, two, three nil, and then it was just typical. It couldn't be a more mill at home v Barnsley game if you tried. I think you're right though, because like I think it is, and that's all what I was kind of thinking. I was thinking a lot of it pre-game on Saturday because I wasn't sure what we were going to see. And then once I saw the performance after the game, even though we didn't get over the line, I, I felt like to myself, I'm happy with what I saw from the players. It's not so much what the manager could do at this point. It's all on the players now to think. You know, if you if you do well in these next seven games now you could be within a chance of being a Premier League footballer next year. And I think that's ultimately what the players should and hopefully will be thinking. Like, when are you going to get a better opportunity for some of these players? Like, obviously, we went close a couple of years ago, QPR, without fans there and got turned over, was it 4-3 in the end? Mm. But I do think, like, you've got seven games to go, four of them at home, where if you win four of them games, you probably need one win away from home in the next three. There's no reason why not to be excited for it and just... I know I'm just saying these home games are the given and we'll probably end up losing now. I'm saying this now. But like I, I just think like you've got a good opportunity and I, I agree with you there, Dan. Like it, what's what's the harm in just thinking, here you go, like fancy yourselves here and just give it a good go, really, because that's all we want as fans to see as well. I I I think that we've got quite a good run as well. I I think the teams we've got left are fairly fairly all beatable. Um, but we just need to turn up. And again, I think coming to this part of the season with the players we've got coming back onto the bench, I think that if there is ever a chance where things are looking in, in looking for our, in our advantage, this season could well be it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, you think we've got, we've got Barnsley at home, we've got Preston away, we've got Hull at home, Birmingham away, Peterborough at home, and then Bournemouth away. Um, and Let's be honest, there's no, there's no givens. There, there is no givens, yeah. but I think, like, for the no. players, you've just got to think, the, 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 you've got to expect that, or hope at least, that the players think, cool, this is a real good opportunity now. And that's ultimately, I think... Birmingham is going to want to win, isn't he? Because of Gary's mm. previous and whatnot, Birmingham is going to want to win. And Bowie is there, isn't he? Yeah, and so Birmingham is, is going to want to win. Um, Bournemouth, if Bournemouth had won the title by that day... They've really got nothing to play for. They're going to want to save themselves, or they're just not going to really be going all out. So potentially there. Um, Peterborough, we owe them. Mm. Um, 
So, you know, realistically, a couple of games there what will be battles. Preston, maybe. Barnsley's always a bit of a bogey team for us. Yeah. I think 10 games ago, I never would have thought that it was there for us. <laughs> and I, I still don't think it's there for us now. But I now think I've seen us win five on the bounce. And I know we can do it. And I think the players have got to hopefully feel the same way. And like I said, I think having Bert come on on Saturday and get that assist is quite big as well. Like It proves that the players are coming in back from their injuries and they're eager to impress. And I think that's what's going to be hopefully the difference maker for us. I can see us, you know, having that game against uh, Preston on the Friday and then coming back to the den against Hull, making a few changes, but still bringing top quality players in. And hopefully everyone stays fit between now and the end of the season. And then you've got the chance of changing things up and have, hopefully having an advantage against these sort of teams and going out there and winning them. And I'm also, paper, this is the easy bit because you've got someone yeah. like Oli Burke you can bring on. We've done the hard bit. We won five on the bounce where... Mm-hmm. With no disrespect, I'm sure they're very, very promising lads. But when you've got a 16-year-old coming on up front and you've got academy kids, you know, you can't really go and ask them to go and change a game. Whereas now we've got that we've banked them points, you've got this last seven game run, and you've got options like Burke, Ojo. You know, compare this running now with what we had last year, the last couple of years, and more importantly, the options we had off the bench, like you know, Zahore and just off the top of my head, the first one, you know, you wouldn't fancy bringing him on or someone of, of that ilk at, at the minute in, in the running. So it just feels like, not the stars of a line, but it feels like there's something there. Because like, like I know, I said, the last time I was on, I remember we'd had a couple of good results and someone was saying about playoffs and I wasn't, I wasn't having it. But, you know, after five on the bounce and, and it's just open season, you, you know, you, it is there, I think, potentially. Getting it is another thing altogether, <laughs> but it's, it's definitely there. I think we all feel the same. That That is it, though. It's like, it's we, know it's, time, it, we know we're not likely to do it. However, if it does happen, it could happen. Do you know what I mean? Like, it sounds really weird to say that way, but it is there for us. If, if, if the players want it enough, and I think they do. I really do think they do. I think you're right. I think, the, as I said before, in the first half, it's our destiny. We're in charge of our own destiny. The only people that are going to fuck this up is us. Um, and if we want it bad enough, we will. And don't forget, 17, what, um, 87, 88, seven games left. I think we won six of them and lost the seventh. Or we won, we had eight games left, I think. And we won, we won seven and lost the last game. Um, and went up. So, you know, can we get into the playoffs and then fucking goal out and, and and get in? I mean... I think if you take Stoke and Blackburn away from the conundrum as well, we look like scoring goals. The Stoke game was a bit of a flat day, it has mm. to be said. And obviously Jed didn't score his penalty. The Blackburn game, yeah, we were right off. So zero XG, first time in, what, five years, whatever club's done that. But aside from them games, we've looked like we we're going to score. And I think Bradshaw mm. coming back into it too. I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm getting carried away now. I don't. I don't. I personally think my honest prediction is I still think it will miss out on the last day of the season. But to get to the last day of the season, if we get there, I'll be happy with that. That's and then who knows what can happen then. That's that's ultimately what I think on it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, so then let's start to finish this by going round and doing the score predictions and your start in eleven. So Kai, we will start with. You so I'll go unchanged. Um, You're on mute. 
I'm not. Scary. <laughs> 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 I was checking. I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> oh my god! I go unchanged. I go obviously same wing backs: Malone and uh, Danny McNamara. Um, I think Leonard should be back on the bench, which would be good. Um, but before I go through to for prediction, Murray Wallace has the fifth game in a row that he's done a Cruyff turn successfully. It's unreal. Like, imagine if you bet on that, how much money that would have made you five games in a row. I don't think anyone would have took the bet. No, I don't think so. <laughs> but, yeah, would have done. You'd been looking pretty happy now, wouldn't you? But I'll go for 1-0, Benicophobi. Okay. Dan? Yeah, I'd go unchanged as well. Um, like I've just said, you'd get sucked in every time, didn't you? So I've got to say, we're, we're going to win, really. Um, I think I think it'll be a 2 0 2-1. Like I said, like their games do seem to have, other than the odd anomaly, they do seem to have goals in their games and not necessarily all for them. So, you know, I think they'll be bang up for it after after coming so close against Luton. And, and yeah, I think we'll get the job done and then it all goes into the uh, the big one on Saturday against Barnsley. Okay. Omar? I'm going to share Kai's prediction and go 1-0. I'm going to say Jed Wallace is going to score a long overdue free kick, though. And he's going to carry us over the line in a game we need him most. I think, yeah, I'll go unchanged as well. But I won't be surprised if there was a change or two. But I think the players that played on Saturday have done enough to keep the shirt. I think the same start at 11. And I'm now going to name half the squad. Um, who will score and then see where we go from there. No, I think um, I think Bradders and the Phoebe. I think we'll probably win 2-0 and I think Bradders and the Phoebe, they seem to, you know, still be connected. Um, and yeah, I, 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 I think potentially we're going to win this 2-0. And we always like a game under the lights at the Den. Um, and yeah, that's, that's, that's my thoughts. Um, so yeah, anything you, um, oh yeah, I suppose we talked about it. Uh, end of season dinner has been announced. There seems to be, um, a bitch fight, um, a love fest, whichever way you want to look at it. There, there seems to be, um, <clears throat> some form of disagreement, smoke and mirrors, PR tricks, whatever way you want to look at it. The MSC isn't happy that the club's gone out. And put prices out that it's £130 a person, £900 a table with two players for eight people. And I sort of agree with them that I think you're outpricing Millwall fans. I think it's very, very corporate. The fact that it's a black tie event when it used to be just lounge suits. And um, and it's three days before potentially our most important game of the season. I mean, what's your, what's your views on... Um, on the end of season then, Omar? Yeah, Didn't I mean, there's a couple of things, obviously. I think a lot of people online have picked up on it. So I'm just sharing basically what everyone said already about that previous. But obviously, normally there's a presentation at the Den for the player of the year, normally at the Den. And as it stands, it will be, I think, obviously, just before the end of the season and the last game being away from home, we won't be able to give the award on the pitch and we, the fans won't be able to... It hasn't done. been on the... It hasn't been on the pitch for, for years... I disagree. I, I've I've definitely seen Bart Bielkowski take his first award. I, I remember it was seen for last. COVID, I think he was. Yeah, he was definitely. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Obviously, the last couple it's of years always, it been. It, I think it might have done when because of COVID, because they didn't have end of season dinners for the COVID. 
So no, one, they've always done. They've always done the because they they would make a thing. No, about it's it always been the full end of the game. Well, maybe the dinner, but I'm saying like after the game, there would be like a at least a home game afterwards. So there will or, there was always something sometimes going on. Like the junior on the Lions player. Yeah, and then, or even I think they even get John Berrelson on to give the award to the player. It's first, second, and third. It's always been a thing for as long as I can remember. But that was one thing, but also it'd be a black tie event. It's quite interesting at the den. I mean, how fancy do you want to go with me all fans? <laughs> Anyone got a black tie suit ready to go? Kai it has. just, it just, <laughs> it sort of just smells a bit like the fucking Portugal's bollocks all over again. Outpriced the fans would travel up and down the country to watch you week in, week out and give you money they can't necessarily afford. And then just open up all the perks to the fans what you think <laughs> can afford it. Um, it leaves a bit of taste. But hey ho, I have faith in the mighty MSC and their negotiation skills. And I reckon any day now we'll have an announcement from the club taking a back step and saying, after talking with the MSC and understanding the points of the views of the fans, we are either going to reduce or do something. Um Maybe that's because I'm a cynical old cunt, but still, hey-ho. Um, I think we are pretty much reached the end of this. But as you know me, uh, I could probably talk for another a year and a half about the MSC and shit. So uh, it is what it is. So we'll stop there um, rather than me coming across as a bitter old cunt. Kai, have you got anything you want to say before we go in? Does anyone uh, need to watch out for Yahoo? Is, it, is Yahoo back. back up? It's back up. It's back. So, it's back. so yeah, but uses Yahoo. I'm sorry. What's that? He still uses Yahoo. Do you know I the bad thing is, yeah, that I can understand using Yahoo if you're my age, but he's 18. <laughs> yeah, you're right? I'm, expect, I'm expecting to say next he's going to be on Ask Jeeves in a minute doing his little searches online. <laughs> Remember Ask Jeeves? <laughs> Yahoo. Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys use then? <laughs> I'm on Gmail personally if anyone really cares but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, on, I'm on Gmail and ProtonMail Gmail there you go Kai take so, notes yeah. um, you, you got anything you want to say Dan before going no nah, that's all for me cheers boys hopefully you're coming back on Thursday I think yeah after Swansea so when we can I get pull the green your light. and your suggestions as long as I get the green light from the general yeah I'll be back the general is his wife, obviously. So, uh, yeah, he's missus. Um, Omar, anything you want to end with? No. Happy to have gone to Luton once. I don't plan to go there again. There we go. There we go. So, uh, yeah, hey-ho. That's it from us. You know what to do. Um, we are across social media. You can follow us. It's an easy address. We are called That Mill Pod across Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, um you can find us under that name on tiktok on tiktok on telegram too um we have got if you look in our profiles across those accounts we have got a telegram um channel what we are testing at the moment which is sending all the news of millwall to that channel so anything from other podcasts other youtube channels um all the papers Anything what picks up on a Millwall story and publishes, uh, hopefully the robot we've got picks it up and posts it to that group. Uh, it's free to join, have a look, see what you think. It is testing. It will be up and running properly next year. But if you want to help us out by testing and letting us know if anything else needs to be added, then please do so. And again, if you want to get involved in the show like Chris and Joe did on the round table the other week, it's really easy. Just DM us 
um, and we'll have a chat and see where we go from there. Thanks very much. Please subscribe. Please follow. Please just keep listening. And that's it for another week. And we'll be back on Thursday. So uh, see you then. Thanks very much. Adios, amigo. What up, what up? It's Heather's cousin. You dated her in college, or maybe you were just in the same class. Anyway, I heard you bought a boat, my man. Let's hit the water. Oh, and Heather told me you always liked, uh, snacks and stuff, so I could totally bring some chips. When you get a boat, you also get new friends. Make sure Progressive's one of them, and get coverage today for as little as $100 a year. Hey, also, I'm a little short on cash, so can you cover the chips? Thanks. I can see why Heather liked you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates Annual Premium for Basic Liability Policy not available in all states. Your work technology should help your organization run better. Monday.com is an intuitive platform designed to help teams of all sizes work better together and maximize results. With Monday.com, you can easily customize your workflows to fit your team's exact needs and create automated updates to keep everyone up to speed in real time. Experience the power of a single platform that replaces your costly tech toolbox and the headache that comes with it. To start your 14-day free trial, Go to monday.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.